0: Today on the show, we're talking sprint car tires and track conditions for the Outlaws at Lincoln, plus other weekend results and more. Uh, let's go. It's Monday, March 20th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily there wasn't a ton of dirt racing that happened over the weekend with so many weather related issues around the country but we did get a few shows in and i want to start first with the world of outlaws at lincoln we're going to kind of dive deep here because there's a lot to unpack and a lot to talk about friday show at williams grove lost Terrain, rain and cold temperatures that of course happened while i was uploading my show so i couldn't talk about that but that pushed the debut of the new hoosier sprint car tires to saturday at lincoln from my own perspective, I thought the day was pretty entertaining on the new tires. The feature was good, he races were wild, and I know a lot of drivers talked about the tires seeming to have a bit less grip. And I think that's why we had a few issues in those HE uh, races. Those kind of low grip levels seemed to catch a few guys out. You know, talking about James McFadden and Sam Haverty, both of those guys basically had solo spins, just kind of losing the edge on that deal. I think the drivers and teams will definitely have some work to do in the coming weeks to get their packages better for the new tires but it didn't seem like anyone was super critical of them you know a lot of guys seem to be pretty excited about it brad Sweet was like almost giddy about how good the tires were that he felt uh, but there is clearly work to do and some of these guys will definitely have some changes to make to their cars I honestly felt like the bigger story on the day was how quickly the track went away during qualifying especially from the start of the first flight towards the end and then you know it kind of continued to fall off a little bit into the second flight as well and i tweeted about this on sunday but the massive fall off really hurt those guys who had draws further down the order i went back through the dirttracker.com analytics database i had the six previous lincoln outlaw shows in there of the six five had split field time trials and of those the 2017 race actually saw flight b have a quicker fast time than flight a the other years 2019 2020 2021 2022 um, the quick times in each group were separated by anywhere from one to three tenths so things are usually pretty even at lincoln but not on saturday carson macedo's flight a quick time was 1.23 seconds quicker than Freddie Ramers in the second group so just absolutely massive fall off and that big fall off really hurt the guys like Donny Schatz who had those later draws and were killed by that after Brandon Ramer scratched from the feature we started the main event with 30 cars which included five outlaw full-timers taking provisionals and of course that big field then opened up the can of worms about there shouldn't be provisionals and this and that I'm not even going to get into that on this show uh, there were uh, the, the five guys that took provisionals were Shots, Sheldon Hodenshield, Casey Kane, James McFadden, and Brock Zierfoss. Shots, Sheldon, and Kane were all qualifying victims. McFadden and Zierfoss had those heat race issues. And of the drivers that finished in the top 10 in the feature, only Logan Schuhart, Justin Peck, and Brent Marks came from outside the top 10 in those qualifying groups. And all of those guys needed good heat race runs to get into transfer spots. And after I tweeted about it on Sunday, World of Outlaws race director Mike Hess replied to me about qualifying and said, quote, early start time and a sturdy wind sucked all the moisture out of one and two. Always try to hot lap a track to make it consistent, but it didn't accomplish that. Uh, Of course, more hot laps may have led to a worse track in the feature. It's a fine edge sword to balance on, unquote. So obviously, you know, and, and this is why you will rarely hear me critical of track conditions. This is such an inexact science. You can do everything right and things could still go sideways on you. Uh, but just something interesting to note i felt like was just you know the way the whole night was affected by basically qualifying draw to start the night uh in the feature brad sweet was on the pole and he was out front for the first 22 laps rico Abreu then tracked him down in lap traffic and grabbed the lead on lap 23. rico was unbothered basically from there driving away to his 10th career outlaw win Rico had contact earlier in the race with a spinning Freddie Rammer, and it sounded like they knocked the Jacobs ladder out of it. Lots of wondering online, and you know, maybe Rico even kind of had a comment about it as well that maybe it helped Rico's handling towards the end of the race. So he ended up second, with Devin Borden coming through in third for his first Outlaw top five and first podium finish. Further down the field, there were several scratches. I think that were a little bit surprising from the C Man. Ryan Timms was done for the day. Uh, that one wasn't surprising. He had a flip in his heat race. Uh, And Lance DeWeese put it in the box after a disappointing 10th place heat race finish that had him and his c as well. I did think it was interesting, too, that Rico said in victory lane he was unaware that Hoosier was changing the compounds until race day. It's a good thing Ricky Warner knew what was going on. Uh, Later this week, the Outlaws head south for stops at the Talladega Short Track and Magnolia Motor Speedway. David Gravel continues to lead the points by 12. Uh, He leads it over Carson Macedo. Logan Shuhart, Sweet, and Buddy Kofoid complete the top five. And not far away from Lincoln on Saturday, the Short Track Super Series got their 2023 season back rolling again with a stop at Sealands Grove Speedway. Mike Mareska started on the pole, led wire to wire for his second career series victory. Nice $5,000 payday for a uh, chilly Central Pennsylvania day. Billy Pouch Jr. and Matt Stangle completed the day's podium. Last year's championship sweeper in Matt Shepard was never really a factor in this one. He kind of started mid-pack. He had a flat tire at one point. He did battle back, though, to finish in eighth. And both Andy Biketti and Ryan Godown had issues and ended up with DNFs in that one. The Modifieds will continue their season this coming weekend with a stop at Bridgeport. That one's 6000 to a win. As for Sealand's Grove itself, we updated you back on Friday on the situation there with the new promoting group. Uh, if you want to follow their new Twitter account, you can find them at Sealand's Grove, S-D-Y-W. Uh, and the new website is Sealand'sGroveSpeedway.net. Sounds like some other social media stuff is in the works as well, so stay tuned for all of the things happening this season at Sealand's Grove out in california justin sanders won a 360 sprint car thriller at placerville over shane Golubic. Golubic actually led at the white flag but sanders was able to beat him back to the checkered in a drag race sanders kind of rolled the top in three and four and then cut low and then beat Golubic back to the line margin of victory was 26 one thousandths of a second colby copeland finished third in that one while cole macedo was 12th and what i think was his first appearance in the tarleton 21 he did have a spin in that race though In a rare USAC CRA appearance, Justin Grant won at the Paris Auto Speedway. He topped Brody Roa and Max Adam. The CRA competitors were supposed to be at Teleria coming up on March 25th. That event was canceled, and they will try instead to race that day at Hanford. Uh, We'll see if the facility can be ready in time. California just absolutely getting brutalized by rainstorm after rainstorm. Uh, the only super late model race over the weekend that got completed was the carolina clash at lancaster speedway in south carolina ben watkins led all 40 laps in that one for the $5,000 score i believe it was his third straight win in that event he topped dalton wilson and gray parton finally today the ira sprint car series is still a few weeks away from their season opener at 34 raceway that is on april 7th but they are in for a big season and they've got a large group of full-timers ready to battle it out Lauren Kelly and Box3Media have the list right now at 17 teams declaring their intentions to chase the 410 Sprint Car Series all year. Lauren also said there's quite a few teams that are planning on a sizable portion of the schedule as well, so should have some nice fields there with IRA. Right now, that full-timers list includes defending series champion George Goldsberry, Danny Schlafer, uh, Jake Newman, Scotty Neitzel, Russell Borland, Cal Schuett, Jeremy Schultz, Tyler Tischendorf. Uh, Tischendorf Austin Hartman, uh, Dave Utek, Chris Spitz, Scott Conger, Hunter Custer, Josh Schneiderman, Jack Vanderboom, Preston Rue, and Travis Aarons. A year ago, the championship fight came down to the final weekend, if you guys remember. Uh, We could definitely see a tight battle again this season. You can see more on the IRA at irasprints.com it is a quiet day around the streaming services just flow racing 24 7 and dirt vision now today if you want to see the full daily streaming schedule any day of the week uh, that also has links to watch visit dirttracker.com watch tonight hope you guys have a good monday out there we'll be right back here tomorrow for more dirt tracker daily